Hello guys, welcome back to the On We Talk podcast. As you know, I'm your host Matthew Windsor and today we did it. We got a, a, a guy with over a million subscribers, <laughs> can you believe it? Neither can I. Um, Joel Haver. Um, Joel, you are one of my favourite creators at the moment and I'm sure that, I don't know how many podcasts you've been on, but I'm not sure how many people have told you that, but you're honestly one of my biggest inspirations for as a content creator. I'm just going to, you know, as soon as you come on, I've just got to, you know, I've got to rub you up. I've got to make you feel good. Um, <laughs> you're one of my biggest inspirations for making content at the moment. I'm somebody who makes comedy videos as well. Um, and your work ethic and your sense of humor and your just style is something that has um, inspired me ever since I found you very, very recently. So I hope that makes you feel good. And I hope that makes you feel nice and pumped for the rest of this podcast. But I just wanted to get it out of the way and say that. Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> Matthew, uh, thank you so much for that incredibly kind uh, introduction. Uh, it's an honor to be one of your favorites. It's an honor to inspire you. And uh, thanks for watching all my stuff. And uh, happy to be here. Now, with that, does it feel weird that people do idolize you? Because you, like, you've only you've shot up in this last year, and your channel has shot up from. How many subscribers do you think you're at twelve months ago? I was so in November that like the blow up happened. I'd say at the start of December, and uh, in November I had just hit uh, three thousand subscribers. So uh, <laughs> it went from three thousand to a million in like three to four months and then since there it's just been a very uh, steady climb now just to get out of the way first how do you when people ask you what do you do what do you say you do do you call yourself a youtuber do you call yourself a filmmaker uh, a producer uh, i don't know what what do you what do you refer to yourself as when people do ask that i think it depends on the crowd depends on the person but uh you know, back when I had 3,000 su subscribers, uh, I would probably say filmmaker more so than YouTuber. Mm. And I think that that's kind of like, I'm not proud of that because I wish I would just have owned it and be like, yeah, I'm a YouTuber and I just, I'm working at it, you know? But um, I think now that it's much easier to say YouTuber once it's like, you're at this level, you know, you're at a level where it's like, Oh, you do YouTube? Then they check it out. They're like, holy crap, you do YouTube. You know, <laughs> like, that's it. So, um, but kind of a, a big goal of my uh, work and like a lot of what I talk about and like my more uh, candid stuff is I want to bridge that divide between YouTube and filmmaking where saying YouTube doesn't carry this video connotation. You know, it's like, oh, you're a vlogger. Oh, you're a sketch comedian. Oh, you're... And you could be all of those things, but I'd love for like people to just like accept that those people are filmmakers just as valid as any other. I 100% agree. For many, many years, just even saying the word YouTuber felt very, very dirty. Like I, you know, calling myself, <laughs> as, and especially calling myself a wannabe YouTuber or a YouTuber in progress. I guess like me making videos for YouTube is making me a YouTuber, but it's, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just, you're just working at it. And I think... That's the thing. I've always tried to refer to myself as a, a producer and a, or the executive producer for my content, which makes no sense because it's it's just me. I'm the executive. <laughs> I'm the one making the decisions. But it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a dirty word. And there are so many talented people out there. Um, you know, like, for example, um, Sven Johnson, you've just collaborated with this past week. Um, yeah, you know, he, he just makes like sketch comedy videos. But him calling himself a YouTuber, he doesn't seem dirty do you know what i mean like i think it's like as long as you make good content i don't think it matters what you call yourself in the end realistically yeah i think what you said it's like as long as you're making videos on youtube you are a youtuber by definition in the same way uh, as long as you're making a film you are a filmmaker and there's a lot of people in like film school and like young filmmakers who say like i'm aspire i'm an aspiring filmmaker and i think that sets a bad precedent because it's like how do you gauge when somebody becomes a filmmaker like is filmmaker based entirely on like financial success because then that kind of drains the medium of it's like artistic freedom so it's like 
you kind of have to peel back all those like preconceptions and just be like filmmaker across the board, YouTuber across the board, or else you're just like setting yourself up for all these connotations and uh, lines in the sand being drawn. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. Um, one thing I wanted to sort of ask about was your journey. And I'm, you know, I've, I've, I've listened to the podcast, I've watched your videos, and I'm pretty aware. But what, what, so from, I don't know, let's go from the point of view, leaving school, what was your sort of journey from then up until now? Because I know it's been up and down, moving to the big city, moving back, getting a van, et cetera, et cetera, on the grind. Give me a, 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 yes. a summarized sort of version of that that journey. Um, okay, so I went to film school in New York City, and I graduated in 2018. And uh, I always say film school is something I wouldn't go back and undo, but I wouldn't like advise anyone to do it unless they really needed that time to just like experiment and like meet people and socialize and maybe find mentorship but uh it is such an expense that i don't think you need if you have the right guidance already or the right like passion behind your work already but uh throughout film school i was somebody who just was making stuff all the time i had several web series i did a year of weekly short films in uh 2015 and uh you know i was just like uh you know, somebody was who was inclined to do that anyways. So it's hard to look back on film school with this lens other than like, maybe I could have been where I am either way, you know, and, uh, you know, but, um, so after film school, I, uh, was already in this mindset, pretty, uh, disinterested in the film industry at large, disinterested in like, uh, classical routes. They pitch you to like you show your films and get your films seen and i was so in love with youtube so um i think it was uh i made my feature film island that was my first big project after i graduated i had quite a few stacked up from my time in film school that i was releasing until then and uh after island which is a very personal film I kind of stepped back and I'm like, I want to do that weekly short thing again. Cause like, I was so like that, that motivated me to create more than anything, having this weekly metric and having this thing that I have to like hit every week. Like, did I do one this week? Let's make something. And, and, uh, so after I released Island at the start of uh, 2019, I was like, okay, let's hop right back into the weekly shorts where I left off, be, be a little goofy again, free form, make whatever I want. So it was a good two years almost of uh, making the weekly shorts and just like uh, I formed some of my closest friendships, like my friends Mason, Patrick, and then like Trent was the last one that I really formed through the shorts. And um, they, we, we were just make stuff and there was this long period where like I, I had honed my craft enough. Sorry if I'm just talking and talking, but I'll uh, try it. Go for so, it. I had honed my craft enough that I felt like even the start of that, I'm like, okay, this, this dive into the weekly shorts is different. Cause I have the technical, uh, skill behind it to back it. And I think I refined my humor through film school, like through all the stuff I made. So I, there was this frustrating two year period where I was ha having nothing but fun, but, uh, at the same time i was like dang we're making these great things and no one's watching no one's watching and you know but i i i had friends be like you know what are we doing wrong and i'm like i don't think we're doing anything wrong i think it's just like youtube the the initial algorithm like is brutal to work past like that initial hump is so hard to get by and uh as far as like filmmaking humps go as far as like you know in the traditional sphere, you'd have to run the festival circuit and get funding and get distribution. And I think as far as humps go, even though the YouTube one could be very long and brutal, at least you're creating stuff while you're working at your, like your way over it, you know, uh, whereas like there's none of that waiting for approval, none, none of that waiting. And that's what like kept me going. I'm like, I'm already making the stuff I want to make. Like I'm already having such a great time. And, uh, you know, I, so I moved out of the city, uh, 
fall of last year, fall of 2020, moved back home to Massachusetts where Trent, who I know from high school, um, and I were just kind of like, let's make some stuff, man, because we had been talking over the phone. And uh, yeah, we're, Trent, my friend Dylan and I, just other friends from my hometown, we just like made stuff and eventually it was that RPG animated video and the NPC animated video that that double whammy was really what kicked it into overdrive and kind of exposed everyone to this backlog of films and that 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 was the moment that it felt like the eureka moment where my crazy like all the time I spent telling people that this is gonna work just wait like it was the payoff you know there's so many interesting things out of that that i really want to touch on but i think the f the first one the first one is and it, it wasn't actually the, the thing that was um hitting me all through when you're just talking this then but it's the whole thing of just hanging out with your mates and making videos like i was always somebody who was like yeah let's let's make some fun stuff with my mates with my friends but it's like they're not dedicated to driving um making more content not, not not necessarily making more content but making a business out of what we're doing my brain is like half and half half creative half business and mm -hmm. um i think i always felt like oh well i've got a i've i can only collaborate with other youtubers i can't collaborate with my friends even over like the longest time i made a web series for five years and it was all just me and my mates um i think i think it's there's, there's something so special making things with just normal people as well like i think it'd be a whole different thing like not necessarily like making it with like film film school people or people in the industry but it's just like there's something completely different making content just for fun and still being creative like i think everybody has like a, a creative um part of them mm -hmm. but there's something so um exhilarating like making something with just your friends and actually seeing like what you're actually able to like come up with. Like I remember my first season of my web series, Marty's internet show, horrible. Like it was the first thing it ever created, but there was something so special about it. And I've honestly never been able to recreate it the way we did for various, various reasons. Like, you know, people change, um, you know, work ethics change and friendships change, but it's like that period making th that bit of content with just good friends. It's like, that's so special. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's uh it's something that I did growing up. Like I've been grabbing a camera and making stuff with my friends since I was like eight years old. And it was actually in film school that I started to feel myself distanced from that and filmmaking became a little less exciting to me, you know, like it I, I started like casting, writing scripts, you know, doing all these things that like like we're contrary to the just grab a camera and make something that I had done my whole life, you know? And it was only doing the weekly shorts again and then uh, doing it the second time that I was like, I was like re reinvigorated for like uh, filmmaking in general, but especially like comedy filmmaking and like short filmmaking. I was like, this is what I want to do. I, I love just like, putting your brains together with the people you'd hang out with anyways, you know, it's like those people you have chemistry with just by virtue of being friends. So I feel like that comes to life. The second you create an environment for everyone to be creative. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. And there's, there's two, there's two things I want to touch on and they sort of interbingle a bit. Um, just that, that work ethic that, um, and having that, it's a, it's a habit of putting out a weekly video. That's something that I've been trying to do for a long, long time. Discovering your videos actually sort of gave me hope that it's actually doable with the production quality and the writing um, quality as well, even though it is like quite loose and improv. And that's something that a lot of my content is as well. And it's something that's like, well, maybe it is doable. And the one thing that has always put me off is, oh, I've got to put out a video that... Um, is going to get clicked on. And I understand that I am a small channel and it's a different sort of thing. Um, but then again, 12 months ago, like, you know, November last year, you were a small channel, 3,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. I'm still, you know, I'm still pushing that point that I'm trying to get to that 1,000 subscriber mark. And I know exactly why I haven't got there. It's because I've been inconsistent because I've focused on the metrics too much, focused on the back end too much. Mm -hmm. What... Ha <sighs> 
has have you ever looked really like focused on that back end or have you just focused on putting in the work getting out the video and making because that because while you a lot of your videos especially like a lot of the older ones they aren't youtube in nature the storytelling is on point and they're just entertaining videos does that make sense like and i know the, and the one thing yeah. is like they're, they're short and they pull you in and it's good from start to end and you know the retention you're able to keep that retention because it's just genuinely good but yeah was is that as that back end has that analytical side ever really phased you when i was trying to get seen uh i realized very quickly that like appealing to audiences and like trying to self-promote your stuff on reddit or other platforms it's just like such a distraction because it's a crapshoot either way and uh I I pretty like soon after trying a couple of times, I'm like, I'm just gonna totally content, 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 like just make good stuff. Like just make the stuff that I'd want to watch and eventually people will share it. Like the last year and a half, I like didn't share any of my own stuff anywhere. I just had this like small audience and I'm like, I had a, a small, like a loyal, great audience, like a couple hundred people at least who were watching everything. And I'm like, if I make great stuff, these people will be compelled to be like, how am I the only one watching this? You know, and like share it. And uh, I, I think uh, people do get caught up in the metrics, especially early on. Like, I think I'm more caught up in it now that there's like so much to keep track of. And But um, with that said... I get what you're saying because, um, you know, I've made so much stuff that I definitely have a fair share of like relatable YouTube content, you know, like when this happens or when that happens, like titles like that and stuff like that. But what my content was that I wasn't seeing is it is these little stories with characters like there's a lot of sketch comedy channels, but they seem to always be hinged on a relatable thing. You know, they're. They're hinged on observational comedy. And, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of stuff that was character-based and story-based and just, like, strange scenes and, like, things that you can't even give a relatable title just because they're too weird, like Bortuga. I don't know if you know the Bortuga series <laughs> yeah. I do, but that one is just, like, total nonsense. But, like, to give myself that freedom to do a little of everything... It, it kept it so fresh and exciting even when the views weren't coming in that I almost think like that led to the success. The, the That led to it working. The fact that I stopped worrying about the metrics and stopped worrying about making the perfect thumbnails and the perfect titles. And I'm just like, I'm just going to make stuff till people watch it, you know? And I think that kind of, that excitement that that brewed in me that there wasn't this constraint almost led to the success more than clickbait ever could absolutely i think that, like i think that's the more so than like like you know it eventually worked like obviously now you're at 1.2 million subscribers and obviously that's not going to work for everybody but i think that the most important thing is that you're having fun and you don't lose the passion um mm -hmm. and that's what happened to, to so many people they they're in the grind and they lose focus of like what's actually important and i think it's like actually having fun and enjoying what you're doing um what one thing i want to touch on was and it's i've always been a fan of like a lot of all my work is very very much sort of like you know i've i've written a script i remember the first season of marty's internet show and it was it's a mockumentary about marty and it was just an exaggerated version of me but what it was mm -hmm. was you know i wrote this whole script and i wrote all these banging lines they were amazing it was funny and then it's like mm -hmm. you go to do it and it just doesn't work i am not an actor i am not an actor whatsoever i'm very much just a i don't know a funny guy who wants to produce funny comedy videos and i think the one thing i really ended up getting quite decent at was just you know improv and just shooting the shit and i think and that's something that i've always really um actually enjoyed as well and I think that makes me, I feel like it makes me feel a bit more well-rounded as a comedy creator in general. Um, was there was there a point where you sort of figured like improv is something that you enjoy doing within your filmmaking? Yeah, I think it kind of overlaps with the point about uh, 
you know, grabbing a camo with your friends, you know, at the same time that I like stopped trying to cast strangers to be in my stuff and stopped trying to do all this. Instead, I like, instead of writing scripts, I also realized like, why not just like goof around? Cause like me and my friends crack each other up. Me and like the people I hang out with always make each other laugh. And we don't do it by sitting down and writing what we're about to say on a piece of paper, you know? And you know, if people script and it turns out great, all the power to them, but improv is just where like filmmaking comes to life for me. It's where you don't know what's coming. You know, I never really have the ending to my videos in mind at the start. It's always, it's always kind of a journey to get there. And it's that like uncertainty that keeps it like alive for me. I, I love like, you know, some, somebody throwing a line out and changing the whole video. And like a great example of that would be um a very random one. I, I'm not sure if you've seen the one that where uh, it's like at night and there's two cars in a parking lot and we're meeting up and it just, it looks like a drug deal or something. It's just like three guys complimenting each other in suits. Mm, I have seen the video. It's an amazing video. Yeah. 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 So that one, we filmed the opening us. Like we didn't even have the skit in mind. We were just like, okay, we got this drug deal scene. Let's go. And we're like sitting in the cars. We do the shots of the car pulling up and just like in the improv in the moment, like our, our idea was like totally different going into it. We're like, maybe he'll drop the briefcase. Maybe it'll be awkward for that. And then just as soon as we start improvising and we just like do that like sarcastic like thing they do in mob movies where they're like, you look good, man. Or yeah, like the, the sarcastic compliment before the serious thing. Mm. And as soon as we start improvising, like we just went back and forth and kept complimenting each other. We're just like, that's the video. That's it. And it's those moments that like the whole skit changes in front of your eyes. The whole idea like is like, oh, this is so much better than anything we could have like planned. And I just like love those moments and without them, it would just feel predictable to me. It'd be like executing rather than like being surprised by the improvising. And it's, and it's funny, like just look at, I was just looking at that video just then. And it's like, it's sort of like a, a mid performing video. Like it's not in that lower, and if I'm going to say lower um, performing yeah. videos, that's like 300,000. It's in that 400,000 mark. Like it's not, it's a video that people must've liked, obviously like they're, they're watching it. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and it's, you never know with that sort of thing. Um, so, so, okay. That, that, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Um, that was your sort of style going in having you know your rough idea but not having that sort of ending is that is that a is that a regular thing just going in um <laughs> spending yeah. the time sort of thing and then just you know making sure you got enough time to shoot it and just go for it yeah absolutely i'm gonna scroll through my videos to see if any other good examples come up but that's that's the process it's like ha have an opening scene have a rough concept and then just like you know, because I feel like our lives are like a improv story. You know, like life ha life happens and a story happens, and that happens organically. And I feel like as long as you create characters that can actually exist, and you create a scene that can actually exist, it's like it will happen organically because like things need to happen. You know, in any like story or any, I guess that's like a very very uh broad pulled back way of looking at it but that's that's really what we do we just like have these characters that feel lived in and real and we just let them kind of exist together and see what happens and sometimes there'll be more of like very rarely i'll have like an idea for the ending that like an ending that has to exist but more times than not it is just that free form uh see where it goes and trust each other and trust your instincts kind of a deal interesting so that now that just honestly that changes my whole um my whole mindset about that because i'm somebody who's like obviously like originally it was me just like you know writing the whole script and going from there and then recently it's mm -hmm. been like you know doing that whole dot point start to end i've got to have the start i've got to have the end and i've got to have little jokes and bits in between but I think it all comes. And I think it's like, because I haven't been having that sort of regular, um, you know, trying to pump out those weekly uploads. I haven't had time to just like 
just um, use that improv um, muscle. Do you know what I mean? I think like, well, you, you've proven it. Once you just get into the routine of putting out a video every single week, it just comes naturally. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's it's like anything. It's practice. It's a, like you said, a muscle. You just train it. And uh, I think you could train improv as well as you train writing a script, you know? It's just a question of priority. And I, I, what I like about improv is there's there's no delay to create. You know, you could get caught in your head about writing the perfect script forever, writing a great idea. But with improv, it's like the first step is already on its way to editing, you know, <laughs> essentially. Mm. Interesting. And there's one actually, there's one thing I wanted to um, ask and it was, I've like, you know, I've watched a lot of your videos, um, you, a lot of your candid videos and I've you know, listened to a podcast or two that you've been on. And one thing I remember you mentioning is that you're not really like a, like, you know, while you do like making films and you do like making, like being creative, you're not really necessarily like a, a, a film, uh, how do I explain? Like a, like a, like a gear guy sort of thing. Um, do yeah. you, do you prior, like, what do you prioritize like um, first? Like, is it the comedy or is it, is it the filmmaking? Because like, it's, I think because it is very like, um, I don't know, because it is improv, I don't think that makes it any less um, comedy than, mm-hmm. you know, writing a whole script and producing it with, you know, a full cast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, like, what, what is your view on sort of the, the comedy versus filmmaking aspect of your content? Uh, I think, you know, like, the best comedy movies for me use the filmmaking to enhance the comedy or use the filmmaking as comedy. You know, I think the failing of a lot of, like, comedies is the are the ones that just kind of, like, you know, have very standard shots and it just feels like any Lifetime, Hallmark movie, any Hollywood movie. And and so for me, it's not so much a divide. There's not a this comes before that. Um, I will say it is true. I am not somebody who's like obsessed with making everything pixel perfect. I, I'm not like crazy about making everything pretty. But then I do have these like ones with narration that are slow motion, like the uh the the one where i oversleep halloween the uh mm. i feel like such an idiot like that has a lot of very beautiful shots and i think uh that was in service of the comedy you know the the ex- the exaggerated beauty of that was a joke you know that how like how suddenly existential it got or how suddenly uh like serious it got and and i think there's times where like the filmmaking takes precedent because the filmmaking becomes comedy, you know? And um, I, I uh, don't, like I said, I'm not a gearhead, but I think it's a muscle that just by creating you practice. Like, I think I'm pretty good at cinematography. I'm pretty good at like, you know, sound uh, editing, sound mixing, stuff like that. And that just comes with uh, practice. And then you have those tools in your belt. And I think like now you've, you're, you're at a level that you're better than, you know, 99% of the other people putting out the same sort of content on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, I think because you put in that time, um, you know, and you've, you know, just developed those skills, you're far, far ahead of, you know, a lot of other people who have been doing it for like, you know, you see people who have been making um, like sketch comedy videos, like 10 years on YouTube and it's crazy. And they've like, you know, they might have like a small following and then they just, the videos are just getting like, you know, five, 10,000 views every video. Um, and you can sort of tell why at the same time. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting that especially like, like comedy on YouTube, comedy on YouTube is something that like, that, that's what I've always wanted to do. Um, mm. And I've always been inspired to do that. And then you see that like, Oh, it just it it feels like it's it died off for a little bit like it, it comes in ebbs and fl- ebbs and flows and it's but it's like but then it's like different people it's different type of comedy it's different type of creators like you know 10 years ago it was smosh now it's like it's like the gus johnson's it's the it's the use it's the joel havers it's like things have like very very much changed in the type of people who are sort of um you know just doing well on the platform mm-hmm I I, th- I think uh, what you're touching upon is something I've noticed. And I think 
the difference between me and a lot of people is I've I've come fr- from this like filmmaking world, you know. And like I said, I want to blur those lines. I don't want it to be filmmaking and video making because I think film speaks to more of an artful approach, and I think video making is just as artful as anything. And uh, but uh, I come from this background where I am interested in like communicating a story through the medium, and uh, bringing that to like YouTube sketch comedy is like, you know that was the risk I was taking with the channel. I didn't know if there was an interest in that. I didn't know like, you know, if it would come off as overproduced. Cause like, I'm like no budget, like super simple in my shooting, but I'm aware that it looks good. It looks really nice. It's well assembled, but it's like purely, uh, it's purely just experience there above like pouring money into every video, you know? But I wasn't sure if there was like a market for that because what you do see is the Gus Johnson, uh, Caleb City, uh, Long Beach Griffey. Like they, they especially just shoot on their phones. And, you know, that works. It elevates their comedy. But um, it just felt like an exciting new approach that like spoke to what I wanted to accomplish. Because I think whereas most people are approaching their comedy as this is a goofy video people will relate to this. Let's make the next one. For me, these are like, you know, films I'm making. And I love like the, the visual storytelling of them as much as I love the comedy. And I, I love like, uh, you know, using that to like defy people's expectations of what a YouTube video would be. Like I love using the clickbait titles, then doing something weird or, you know, what I've been doing with the, the collabs with Sven and Anthpo, just these like, bizarre like <laughs> semi like psychological thriller like like serial killer stuff that like is just so like counter to youtube because it's like person gets famous and then they just like totally change their like their output and for me that's like i, I was so wholesome a lot of times and to change into this like serial killer is like such a left field thing that i i'm excited about exploring further but um I think, yeah, it boils down to uh, wanting to people to, like, take YouTube more seriously. And the first step is me taking it more seriously, you know? And I, I agree. And I think, that, I think you, like, you know, you're one of those creators who is, like, it's, you're changing the view on, like, on the platform. Like, I think it's, you know, as I said, like, you know, seeing that, like, somebody like you putting out this high-quality weekly um, uploads that are genuinely funny, like every, and every single time. And that's like, it just shows that, um, that the platform can be like that. Cause I think, you know, mm-hmm. for the longest time there was a, um, like for me personally, it was like, you know, you know, probably like four, three, four years ago, I was very much in the, the commentary space, like just, you know, interacting with those sort of creators where it was just a drama and it wasn't really, I felt like I had to do that. So, um, like just to network with people because me making my own content that wasn't working. But, you know, you, you've proven it. You've proven that you can just, you know, make good things, tell good stories, and people will eventually, like, gravitate towards that. You know, the good, the good rises at the top, and it, you, it mm-hmm. always does. Um, what, what, yeah. what, what, who, who does inspire you? Like, what are your, um, your biggest, you know, idols in that filmmaking comedy space? I'd say uh, the... Whenever I look back on it, the thing that inspired me the most was like being there for the birth of YouTube and the birth of internet videos. Like as a kid watching Smosh and Ryan Higa and like all these people that like you go back and the videos aren't even that funny back then. I think YouTube <laughs> has YouTube has only gotten better. I think people like to treat that age as like a golden. They're like YouTube was a wild west. People were I'm like. Come on, let's look at like what was being made versus now. Like there's such a huge variety of great stuff being made now. Whereas like the 2007, 2008, 2009, it was like so corny and it doesn't mm. hold up. It doesn't stand the test of time. You know, I, I, yeah, I remember very specifically um, being a big fan of teleporting fat guy with Smosh. And it was just a guy. Yeah, you know, I, I remember oh, that. Stupid, ridiculous. He's got his power glove, um, Burt Reynolds. Who like it not? It's not like it's it's funny, but it's not like as it's, it's not peak humor like yeah. whatsoever. It's very very. 
it's very well that's the thing i think a lot of a lot of that content was very sort of um aimed towards kids but had that sort of edge as well and i think it's like that's the thing yeah um, a lot of us grew up on that absolutely and you, can, and you can feel that in a lot of um the big creators today as well yeah i, I remember pulling up uh, ultimate showdown a couple of years ago mm. and it was just not funny at all you know the <laughs> ult- ultimate show but i i love that as a kid and it, it like you said it it kind of is geared at like kids but it's also like this edge that you like you turn it off when your parents walk in the room you know and <laughs> you're like one sec I, I just have to change a camera battery you're all good uh, and sorry if this makes your sink a little weird. Nah, but, uh, I can fix her. All right. Here we go. I'll keep the ball rolling. Just getting the battery. And just to, clar- um, just to tell everybody, you're, you're in the middle of a, of a Walmart car park. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I am coming to you now from a Walmart parking lot. Uh, the van life has been great. But today just happens to be the hottest day of the year. It's like 90 degrees and uh, I'm leaving a sweat pile in this shot as we speak. But um, it, it is uh, it, <laughs> it's uh, fun to be out, be around and traveling. But uh, getting back to what we were talking about. Um, yeah, YouTube in its heyday was like not that like uh, not that much to write home about, but it was enough to for young me to see and be like, oh my god like i can do this like uh, like look at what these people are doing these people are just grabbing like a camera and you know i know how to upload to youtube and i think all these steps i took film school and like considering film festivals and stuff it was like a step away from like the possible you know it was a step away from something so simple and so like there and um that's what inspired me. That's why my friends and I grabbed cameras because we saw Smosh. Like we literally created like how to be a ninja or whatever, which I'm sure was like racist or something. <laughs> but we were just kids, you know. But um, that that Ryan Higa video. But um, <laughs> but uh, we. It's just like so fun in a way that like you watch like a great movie as a kid and you never think. I can do that. You think like, I hope I can do that. Or like, I wish I could do that. You know, you watch like a movie you love, like the dark Knight or something like just thinking random stuff I liked in like middle school. And you never have that same relatability. You don't have that possibility in your head. You have that hope maybe if you want to be a filmmaker, but like, there's nothing as immediate as YouTube that inspired me. No, yeah, I get that. I'm 100% I'm the same. I think, honestly, Smosh was that big one for me. And now that I look back at it as well, they were like, f- f- like even from the beginning, they were pumping out like weekly uploads very regularly. And this is like still back in the day, like, you know, that 2006 when they were still sort of, you know, getting there, getting bigger. But it was, you know, they were putting out, you know, for the time, quality videos every single week or like original ideas and it had Ian's mum, or it was this pretty decent parody of something or, you know, that, you know, that, that, that is something that, um, I don't know. I think like things have changed a lot on YouTube, especially for, um, sort of making the content that we sort of do. Um, I think, I think the, the, the big thing is people focus on, um, I think people do focus on that production quality too much sometimes and like mm. honing in and making the perfect video. And while that is good, of course, you've got to make something that is of quality. Um, I think especially with how the YouTube platform is, it like you can, you know, you gotta, you gotta give yourself a break. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, it's mm-hmm. even though it is a lot of people's livelihood and like, you know, you might have an audience of, you know, even like a small audience, even if you have a, a, only a small audience, um, there's people who will come and watch your videos. And I think they would rather see a video that is like, not like, you know, half done. Just mm-hmm. like, it's the it's the type of content it is. It doesn't have to have the perfect color grading. It doesn't have to have, um, you know, joke, 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 joke. It doesn't have to be like the best thing in the world. Um, but mm-hmm. I think if people start to like, you know, develop their style of creating videos that's more important than just making the perfect video because everybody's style is different like very very much so yeah i always say like through creating 
Like, there's only so much advice you could give to somebody because their their experience and what they make is like so unique to them that like I find the best like advice ever is just like you know make another thing you know uh, I don't have much time to watch people's shorts if they send them to me but I try to get around to some of them and like the best thing I ever say to people I think is just like hey you made something make another thing you know even if I don't love it or you know even if I you know I I just don't see the value in being so critiquing of it you know being like well it, the shot was a little off the edit the sound was quiet or the sound was like you know it's just like that stuff that the technical stuff irons itself out you know and it, the, you just gotta like give people the encouragement that like them creating is like worth their time them creating is worth like your time to like watch you know and and i, I think that is like so important for young artists to hear that is not this thing where overnight you're going to make the best thing you can make you're not you're not with the right advice going to make your best thing tomorrow you know you got to give it that time and you got to experiment and find your voice 100 percent. that's great advice as well absolutely and we've talked about the you know the the past and we've talked about sort of what's going on now what what's the what's the future of Joel Haver like what do you see yourself doing what do you want to do like what is is there an overall sort of goal that you do wish to like achieve with the content you create the overall um even like the, the brand of Joel Haver like I, it's it's weird it is weird saying that um but like yeah the brand <laughs> of Joel Haver like what is the future of um of you um I think on the channel it's pretty well gonna be what you see for a long time it's gonna be like as long as it's exciting and fulfilling for me, I'm going to be doing the weekly shorts and I'm going to do everything in my power to like put out at least like one feature a year. I want to do a lot of feature films on YouTube and I, I haven't hit that point yet, but I'm so excited for the day that I do release like a proper feature w to my new audience because that's, that's like for me the way I'm going to legitimize YouTube just releasing great quality movies to like just for free to watch on YouTube in a way that everyone's like, Hey, maybe I don't need to do festivals anymore. Maybe I don't need to do this. Cause here's a guy making it work and retaining ownership of his art. So those are the two goals of mine, but like looking at short term, the van trip, I just want to collab with as many people as possible. You know, I want to like, just, uh, you know, in a very exaggerated way, like I keep calling this van trip in my head, the like collab with everyone tour, you know, and it's like, you know, it's unfeasible to like even hit like as many people as I'd want to hit, like have like uh, in my videos and me be in their videos. But I think using my uh, channel, using my audience as a sort of divide, a bridge to like bring together the community of youtube at large like work with all these small creators and like create this weird visiting series which is like gonna in my mind it's just gonna expand and expand and get like really ambitious and uh, just like create this bridge between people who might not even know of each other's works but then suddenly there's a series where like the audience is gonna spread and and then also use my channel to like highlight smaller creators and like help them and I, I just spent the last the whole weekend filming with a a couple smaller creators in minnesota and i we did like two things for uh each of their channels we did uh one for mine uh and it's just like i just want to like be that change i want to see i want to see youtube be this thriving collaborative community because i feel like a lot of people fall into their like little bubbles and stay there you know and i'd love to see it be a little more like artists working together to create art i love that i love that it's like creating this little community of people to because i think that's that's one thing it does lack i think a little bit um you know just having that sort of mini sort of like community around people's content um like there's so many like for the longest time there was um for me it was just like looking at these these big creators creating content and it's like oh you know i'll never be able to you know network with them i'll never be able to interact with them 
And then you see so many great small creators that are putting out great content very regularly. One of one of my favorite, and he's a good friend of mine now, is is Noke Eric. And Noke Eric puts out some amazing videos. Um, he's he's very very wow. creative. Um, well, one that of my is favorites. perfect. Absolutely mm. perfect. You say that because you 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 guessed who I who I just spent time with in Minnesota. I was thinking that actually. Yeah, yeah. I I, I um. Me, Noke, Eric, and Mammoth in Space uh, just spent the weekend making a bunch of stuff. So look forward to that. Oh, absolutely. Those guys are great. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It's, that's the thing. There's so many got like just small guys are just putting in the work. There's guys who were like, like you, like, you know, last year, just putting in the effort, being creative, putting it out. And like, like you said, like, that's the biggest thing. That's how, yeah. you, that's how, that's how you differ, differentiate yourself from everybody else. Sometimes you just have to put in the work. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 um, it's very cliche to say, put in the work, but it is true. You just got to go for it and just, you know, eventually your time will come. Maybe it might not come because that's the thing. Do you, do you feel like you're lucky? Do you feel like, cause you know, you you very well could have been just creating your videos the next, you know, 10 years with no traction mm-hmm. whatsoever. Was that a, was that a thought in your head that it, like just things might not work? Um, I don't know. I, I was so like confident in just like the the comedic talent of me and my friends and like the, my like my ch- technical chops backing that up. That I knew eventually something would work. I didn't know the scale to which I in my head I thought like some of my stuff was so niche that I would hit like 50,000, 100,000 subscribers and that would be like kind of where I'd stay. You know, I thought maybe I'd just be like making enough to like just scrape by and just keep doing what I love. And uh, the fact that it went as big as it did just expands the just excitement and possibility of what I can accomplish. But um, yeah, uh, lucky is a funny word because I did, you know, I call myself lucky and then like I've had some friends pull back and say like, look, man, you put in all that work. It's not luck. It's just like your work paying off, you know, like it, it was going to happen eventually. And um, I think you said earlier that the good rises to the top. And, uh, you know, that's a belief I've always held myself. And it wavered a little when I was really struggling to get seen. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I think uh, it came back to me. I'm like, OK, I guess it does. Sometimes you just. It's the good rises to the top, especially the good that like doesn't let any discouragement stop it. You know, I feel like I hit a whole number of like like plateaus and places that felt like, you know, like I did months of creating that like just like none of them even broke a thousand views. And it, it like if you could push through that and still be doing it weekly, still be like putting out new and exciting stuff and still have the passion to like try new things. I, I think you will rise to the top. I think I don't want to give people the hope that they're going to be a million sub channel in two years if they start today. But I, I think at the very least, if you have the passion and the drive, you can make something work for yourself that might make it so you don't have to work other jobs and you could just create for a living. Absolutely. No, that's that's good advice too, and I think and I hope I hope people do take inspiration from this because I sure have, and I think it's you know, people just I think even if like things don't take off for whoever is inspired by this, just you know as long as you're having fun, I think that is more important than anything in the end. Like obviously, like I'm somebody who's confident enough that you know, I can probably make it just like you, just like everybody, um, like a lot of other people. But you know, as long as you're having fun, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. As long as you're happy. You know, who gives a shit about all the success and the subscribers and that sort of metric sort of thing? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think uh, if I were to say anything about like being like doubtful of my success, it would be that I'm somebody who would sooner like work some like retail job and just keep creating than like just give up on creating and like go work for the film industry as like a PA or like, you know, <laughs> assistant. Uh, I, I'm somebody who would sooner just do everything in my power to just keep the YouTube thing going than, you know, give up on it. So, uh, 
I think even if it didn't take off and support me, it would still be this thing that I would be doing till the day I can't do it anymore. And it, and it's proof that you don't have to be in the you know in the LA's in the um you know like you don't have to be in those in those major cities in the US or even like in those countries either. It's just like you know the internet is a is a beautiful thing. The internet is a and it's a, it's a very very big thing, and it's sort of like. Because I, I feel like your content, you know, your style of comedy is very, you know, it's it's very um, subjective. Not everybody likes that sort of improv style. Nobody, everybody likes that sort of humor that you have. Mm. But but enough do to get you to one point two million subscribers, and it's and it's crazy, and it's it's amazing to see that somebody with your sort of um, humor and style has taken off um, that quickly as well. Like it's just you know the the YouTube algorithm just. It, it liked you and it worked yeah. and, it, and you've taken off and it's, it is amazing to see. It's, it gives us, gives us all hope. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we end off, Joel, is there anything, um, if you, I think you've given enough advice today. I think there's a lot of little snippets and whatnot that you could, you know, put on a, um, put on a t-shirt and shit like <laughs> that. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. Because that was going to be my last question. It was going to be, oh, you know, what's your biggest piece of advice to those who are listening? But I, I think you've you've covered that base. You've covered that definitely. Um, and you know what, Joel, I've got no ending question. And that's how loose this <laughs> podcast is. And I think that's, um, I think that's that's where we're going to leave it. Um, definitely. Well, you know Ma- what, Matthew, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no worries. And I, I appreciate yeah. that somebody, um, I appreciate that you're, um, you know, you're humble enough to, you know, help out, you know, come on this podcast as well, but especially like help small creators. And that is a, you know, that's a big part of, um, what you do. And that mm-hmm. actually, um, it's very inspiring and I do appreciate, um, you know, you're looking out for the little guy helping us out and all that sort of stuff. And I do appreciate you coming on and um, having a yep. nice little chat. It was good. Happy to be here. I, I hope you have a nice day. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, John. <laughs>